from Sydney Media in Melbourne. You're listening to Great Minds Don't Think Alike, a podcast all about neurodiversity. Hello, welcome to Great Minds Don't Think You Like. You're with Cal. And Christian, here, uh, to, um, here to bring you into this latest episode. Um, so we're going to be hearing from, uh, of course, our, our wonderful selves and Cameron talking about this notion of coming out as being um, neurodiverse or disabled in general and also this notion of independence and what that really means. And um, we're going to be, Nicola's going to be doing a segment on the new Skylanders toys. Um, yes, um, which unfortunately um, have been funded by Autism Speaks. It's unfortunate that they're involved. This is, this is a live up blue thing. It really is a waste blue. of Skylanders. Yes. I've come, they're Smurfs. Mm. Bloody Smurfs. Um. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, also also Smurf plagiarism to boot. Yeah, Smurf um, plagiarism to boot. Yeah. Um. And you'll be hearing our voices very soon. Um, but thanks, um, thanks for tuning in again. Great Minds Don't Think Like and Sin Radio advises that the following segment is only my own personal opinions and a possible personal opinions of others as well with autism or not. So please put that in consideration when listening to this segment. Hey guys, Nicola here. Today on Great Minds Don't Think Like, I'm going to talk about Skylanders and its shocking and problematic pick of its lighted up blue for autism image and brand of toys they have released. Now before I explain, I'm going to give some backstory on the Skylanders themselves and what they do and what they are. Skylanders are a brand of toys from Activision that is also a video game on multiple consoles such as PlayStation 3 and 4, 360 and Xbox One, Nintendo Wii, Wii U and 3DS. You put the toys in a thing that comes with the game and it comes to life in the game itself. It's got very popular with a lot of kids and some gamers as well. Now, I found out about this from my boyfriend about this via an official Skylanders Facebook page. And he's a big fan fan of Skylanders and is also under the spectrum just like me. So when we both saw this, we were very shocked. I was hoping they didn't sell this as official toys, but I was wrong. I saw on Google Images that there are actual toys being sold, probably mostly in America, and it shocked me. Now, Autism Speaks is a very horrible organisation. They do not speak for people like me and others with autism, and more speak for the parents who feel like their lives are destroyed because of autism, and people who believe it's a burden or a thing that needs to be cured. Even going as far as comparing it to cancer, which is really disgusting. The reason I believe they are making Skylanders lighted up blue autism toys is very simple. A word everyone knows called manipulation. Basically, Autism Speaks is trying to manipulate parents and parents of children with autism trying to find a way to quote-unquote support their child with autism when they have no idea about how horrible Autism Speaks really is. Autism Speaks is a very manipulating, cruel organisation. And it's just a shame they're using Skylanders to get more people in their strings and use them like puppets. At least that's how I feel in my own personal opinion. Sure, the Skylanders can look cool, and to the kids and the fans of Skylanders, they may look appealing, but the point still stands. It's very problematic, and I advise any fans of Skylanders, with autism or not, do not buy these in your country, 
or online or anywhere. Boycott the brand of the lighted up blue Skylanders and stay away from them. I won't stop people or children or gamers being a fan of Skylanders, but please do not buy the ones with the Autism Speaks logo. It will give them their money to abuse and hurt more people with autism. And personally, none of us want that. Well, that's it for me. This is Nicola Howe, and I will see you all next time. Um, hi, this is Great Minds Don't Think Alike, and I'm speaking with Christian uh, Sovis and um, Callan Turnham today, and hi. the topic we're going to be discussing is, um, I'm oh, sorry, say hi. <laughs> yes, I'm getting your matters, and it's, yeah, Christian said Sovis. Um, so it was that idea of coming out, wasn't it, as, as being neurodiverse? Yeah, yeah, well, um, so I've got dyspraxia, which means, um, gross motor skills and severe fatigue issues which I have and a litany of other symptoms which I've probably talked about elsewhere mm. and one none of the symptoms particularly are really that visible so what happens often when I have to explain to someone why I need to lie down or why I can't you know drive or why a few things that I can't do is that I need to tell them that I have a disability. And I don't say condition, I say disability because it's that's what it is. Um, yeah. Well, that's how I understand it. Yeah, and yeah, same. I also have dyspraxia. That I know... Oh, I was just saying, um, yes, I also have dyspraxia and, um, and I would also identify as a disability, yeah. Part of the problem about um, people will tell you, no, you don't have disability, you have a condition. And I think the reason for that is that because it's invisible, People, it's it's kind of main... it's kind of surreal because like you're we're talking about coming out as disabled and usually like if you're blind people is like hi I'm blind I'm like well that was obvious yeah so um, we're talking right, about yeah. invisible disabilities here. Yeah. yeah of course what happens is you you kind of turn in their mind it's like a flip goes uh, switch flips like you go from a abled person to a disabled person and then like i said the other day i was feeling really bitter about it after some encounter and i said like um you you can see the seconds in their face when they're not sure to whether to respect you with equal dignity or not uh, like that's just <laughs> that's you just really shouldn't be friends with really those bitter. people you probably shouldn't be friends with those people <laughs> oh they're... yeah no it wasn't friends it was someone that i had to deal with yeah, yeah. radio yeah, <laughs> I, I was gonna say friends don't do that. My when when I told my best friends about me having autism, they just told me to, in slightly profane terms, to sod off because they didn't believe it. Some of them were just like, "I don't care either way. You're just Cal. I've learned to deal with that over time." <laughs> um, yeah. And others are just like, "Well, you can't because my brother doesn't have autism and he's." Borspergy than you are. Aspergy. Yeah. Oh god. Okay, that's that's kind of a whole other notion of this like being more or less Aspergy because of course it's a spectrum of the scale. Yeah. Um so that yeah, that's an interesting thing to unpack if there's kind of that perception of it. Um but yeah, you get you get I I definitely agree there there is that well, part of this, I think, is people say they don't really know how to respond. But whereas my thinking is, do they really need to have a response? Um, it's it's a bit like them telling you, like, you live in a yellow house instead of, like, a red house. It's like, oh, um, what am I supposed to say? Uh, nothing, really, unless, like, <laughs> you have feelings about the color yellow. Just, like, 
take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with me, it's like, well, I, I only come out to people, um, not, well, I only come out to people when it comes up or as utility, like I need something like, oh yeah, I remembered what, I remember what it was. It was, um, I was going to a kind of workshop and I, um, told someone, not the workshop people, but I told someone else that, um, I wasn't sure if I could go because I have a disability, which stops me from using a pen. And it was just like a random acquaintance. And I just saw this like, look like, wow, he's disabled kind of thing. And it was like the mm. mainstream kind of narrative of disability entitles like one, you know, they're not independent. They're not, um, they're not together in themselves. They're constantly relying on other people. And two, that you can condescend to them. And people think they can consent, consent to disabled people all the time. They don't even realize they're doing it. And so when people realize that they're not condescending to a disabled person, you see them kind of like, oh, oh, wow, he has a disability. <laughs> and what I'm kind of getting from your stories is that, like, this kind of frigidness, they don't kind of want to know or they don't want to have to kind of consider that you might need things or special kind of accommodations, accommodations or allowances kind of thing. So when they kind of, I don't, I don't like the, um, I don't like the frigid response either. How do you, how do you feel about that? Like, oh, okay, that's nice. How do you feel about that response? When I told my friends, the the people who reacted most positively were, um, the people, my friends who actually have, there is this concept of, in male bonding called banter where you just beat the crap verbally out of each other for the hell of it. Um, right. Between me and my best friends, they wouldn't treat they wouldn't treat me with derision. That's just how they would communicate with each other. And right. it sort of like thick skin layer allowed me to deal with a hell of a lot of other things, including uh, what's called being condescended to sometimes. Like, I don't care about your opinion if you're going to assume that I can't do things just by looking at me. Yeah. Uh, that making such assumption is probably idiotic. Uh, but I, as I said, all my experience, all my experience has have been posit- positive. There hasn't been sort of like this t- same frigidness, um, as you probably describe it. There's probably been a response where, well, mm. you're fine. You're not disabled. Like I, and I can say with full con- with full confidence that I am. Yeah. Like I'm fine. There's nothing that needs to be done for me because I've learned to deal with this over time, and I've learned to deal with it because of my friends. So something that I've actually gotten, I don't know if like any of you can relate, um, but like when I've told people about my dyspraxia, I get the like, oh wow, well you don't look disabled, like well done, <laughs> you you're you're hiding it very well. Like it's like, oh, well, what does that say about your attitude to people with more visible disabilities? Like it's so uncomfortable for me, and I'd imagine um, more visibly disabled people around me to hear like the whole like well done for passing kind of thing. Yeah, oh, you know? I know. Um, it's it's this thing of yeah, not being able to understand that like you. Oh, I'm not just dis- like some people say. Oh, I'm not disabled. I'm fine. Like, well, you can be both fine and disabled. Um, it, yeah. it can be just a part of your life and a part of your identity. Um, and yeah, this this like. Uh, you don't you don't just find it sadly in um in people like non-disabled people, but also there are certain um disabled people who actually kind of feel a sense of pride for being able to, to 
pass um unfortunately like like i do have a friend who um is is studying uh, a friend with asperger's who's studying at uni and also has dyspraxia but it it um it took them like it took quite a while for for them to actually like have to make uh like their first uh, appointment to get like special consideration because it took like they didn't actually just need it for a while and then when they actually had to do that they were kind of like oh i feel a bit bad because you know i it, i feel so capable like you know I, it took me like a year before i had to use that um and i was like oh, no that's that's not really feeling capable like f- feeling capable is about like so say they were you know they were studying creative writing like if they'd said oh i feel capable because i got like good um uh you know like a uh, good feedback on my writing yeah that's capable but needing yeah. special consideration from a disability liaison unit like that's just that's just a fact of life that's not like something to be proud of or ashamed of it, it it's it's just a fact it's it's a neutral fact in my opinion i think it's a very a, a very kind of modern concept that everyone needs to be these kind of like hyper individualized, um, totally independent people who like are totally like self sufficient and don't rely on other people ever. And I mean, well, relying that's not on a modern concept. That... In, like, I tell I tell people that I need like a computer instead of writing, kind of thing. It, it, that's not a uh, modern concept. Uh, Aristotle and Plato quantified that that the only people who are worth voting in society are the people who have independence. I mean, uh, I mean, in kind of like the neoliberal understanding of everyone's a competitor kind of thing. Right. Like, I, just through teaching, um, that's just something that I keep noticing how kind of like individualized people think they have to be. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, everyone, everyone has some dependence, and you know, um, everyone, everyone has some kind of. Um, most people, I'd say, you need to depend on something, but a lot of people hide that dependency or that they need allowances and it just creates more stigma in terms of getting services and applying for special consideration and that kind of thing you know we've kind of entered a stage professionally where it is a bad thing to be seen to need any kind of help or uh vulnerability i wish i had a better word for it than that but basically um well where it's seen as a negative to not being completely self-sufficient yeah well, it, it's especially as and uh, especially as men, it's just like well, you, if you're not dependent, if what's called, if you're not independent, you're not a man. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's tied into the entire concept of masculinity, um, mm. but which I is think... dangerous inside itself. Yeah, because no man is an island. No, no. Um, well, no person is an island. Yeah. Um, and certainly we men are no exceptions um but yeah i do i do think vulnerable actually is the right word to use in in this kind of context when it comes to like men's mental health it is definitely a question of uh of vulnerability basically um about admitting that certain things that are happening in your life are actually getting to you on an emotional level um and that you do have feelings that you need to feel um and sort through and and so you can get on with your life basically um rather than just bottling them up and let let them explode um at a you know in the worst possible way yeah and it is it is very much like a, a gendered thing in terms of um coming out because you know um women with dyspraxia and um autism i'm sure are so much less diagnosed because um they're kind of ignored, especially in classrooms, and it's just kind of put onto. It's, it's very, it's very much dismissed. It, um, uh, yeah, I, not a, not a quite. Well, when I look into it, it's it's the fact that they can camouflage better. They, it's it's also the fact that they're not looking for them. It's also the fact that they camouflage really well into, um, what's it called? Especially when they're really young, into social groups. They just 
tighten up a circle and then you can't tell the difference. <laughs> well, I, I just I just think even back to when I was little, um, the way that my mum knew that there was something, um, the way that she says that she always knew there was something different about me. She was mm. kind of looking for a condition, but um, part of my kind of dyspraxia was that I was a very aggressive child and I was like lashing out frequently and yelling and hitting and all of this kind of stuff. And those it was very much kind of male six-year-old kind of behaviors kind of thing. Uh, yeah, but that, um, that in yeah, itself it isn't negative. What? Yeah. Um, um, so it depends on what whereas, you're lashing at all. Lashing at all. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, if I if I if I had been kind of socialized as a girl, I would imagine that I would have instead withdrawn and not seeked help, which um, would have, I think, impeded me getting um, help for it when I was about ten or eleven, when they figured it out what it was. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, because those are well, things that people yeah. being withdrawn is is not like what most um not even prof- like it's not even what every professional would um would recognise as a symptom of dyspraxia. They're familiar with the lashing out, they're not familiar with the opposite response. Yeah. Um so yeah, it's 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 partly it's like it's it's almost like that kind of experimental sort of bias. Like you're not yeah, let's let's just call it ignorance, um, in how it manifests in the non males well, out there. I was talking yep. with Christian before this, uh, before we went live. Uh, one of the things that I learned from my bullies is that is everyone is passing. Um, everybody has problems, and oh uh, yeah, yeah, and like we're talking about it now because like I think my bullies, the reason why they beat me up and call me names is because that I was disabled, so oh I had help. I had a condition where they sent me into speech pathology. My bullies didn't have that. They were completely neurotypical, but they had really, really deep-seated problems on how to deal with their things. Yeah. So they lashed out at me because I was, I was, I was the dude that they was like, "Why are you helping this guy? I need help." Um, <laughs> That's an interesting way of looking at yeah. it. Um, and yeah, when we were talking about the notion that, um, oh, just quickly, yeah, when we were talking about the notion that everyone is passing. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned that uh, to Cal just earlier that um, the story of the Emperor's New Clothes is one of my favourites because that's basically the message of that um, is that everyone is passing so um, two con men can get away with sending an Emperor down um, a naked parade because no one's going to call out the fact that they can't see this magic suit that can only be seen by worthy, competent, yeah. independent people. Yeah, and I, I'm, just, I just, I'm just thinking that was a very kind of specific memory just came up as soon as you mentioned... Um, like why why is this person getting help when I need help? Um, I had someone like actually I had this kid in my class who was angry that I was um getting a laptop for an in class examination because I can't handwrite because it's painful and difficult and it looks really messy. And he actually brought it up to the teacher that I should have my laptop taken away and I should have a pen. And he had, I know for a fact that he was struggling at the time. So there was this real sense on me to like prove it somehow. Like, because I was trying to get help. So it was like, it was this weird kind of bizarre moment where someone was like so badly wanted to see me have to use a pen like everybody else. And that's just what I thought when you said, um, when you were talking about how they're getting provisions, why aren't, why aren't I getting provisions kind of thing. How um, long ago was this? Sorry, like how old were, what year level were you in? Oh, we were, we were 16, 17. So oh, okay. year 11. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Yeah, I, that's something. I'm just going to be honest. That's something that that kind of like reaction from your class is probably what I would expect if you were in say like grade three. Um, yeah. But yeah, because no, no, no. Oh, oh, I, I, well, I'm curious. Did he actually win that argument? Did you have no, to use no, a pen? No, he didn't. Okay, radio. Right what are you talking about? The teacher was really understanding. Right. But yeah, oh, okay. it was pretty bizarre. Yeah. Because, yeah, it, it is like, it's basically the, the childish thing of like, well, uh, you know, you, Cameron has this, I want this, Cameron gets to have this, I should get to have this. Um, therefore, yeah, and I can't have this, therefore no one should have it, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, I guess it yeah. just shows that people really don't grow up. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> some people don't. <laughs> well, I like to like, remain young at heart. Yeah, <laughs> but but yeah, like let's let's. I, I know Cameron and I have talked about this before, but um, yeah, that that whole notion of like being an adult and growing up, um, basically meaning that you don't. Well, in people's heads, it's like you're completely independent, but I don't think you could really say that anyone is completely like not dependent on anybody else. The, the notion of independence by itself is uh, is uh, a shaky one because if if indeed that you are completely independent, you have to be a hermit. And I don't think most people want to be a hermit. Um, yeah. Uh, but within, if if we're giving allowances, if we're giving allowances to the definition, in being independent is just not relying on other people in order to perform your day-to-day activities. And the very definition of being disabled is not being able to do that. It's you don't have a choice in the matter. It's when people sort of just go well. Can't you just do it like everyone else? Like, I can do everything like everyone else can because I've gotten used to it. I've gotten used to the fact that either A, yeah, they don't care enough to give me special provision, or B, they think special provision inside that, inside certain cases, not applicable to the situa- situation. I mean, that's, that's a, I think really, I suppose you have to pick your battles when, when it comes to this. Mm. Um, well, not just when it comes to this, but, but also when it, you know, when it comes to, um, coming out in general um I, I yeah i think you'd agree like in cases where you actually do need special provisions or where you know we're talking into like discrimination and human rights and like serious access issues then of course that's not something you should be expected to just deal with um did, but if it's day-to-day trivial stuff then and you're fine with that then yeah there yeah. is there's also there is also a contingent of of people with motor dyspraxia and autism and ADHD who just don't, they don't regard themselves as disabled and they don't tell anybody. And I can certainly get behind that because I got told I was still autistic when I was 16 and then I suddenly realized everybody had been, been treating me differently up until that point, which really depressed me. So and uh, the, only, the only place where I knew I wouldn't get treated any differently was inside the Army Cadet Corps. And I love that place because of it, because it doesn't, I don't care if you're, uh, what's called, if you have autism, you need to go get up and do 10 push-ups in the mud like everyone else. I don't care. And that has informed my worldview on other people don't care. So, and that's fine with me, because I've learned to deal with it. Mm. Fine with you. Yeah. Yeah, but that that is, like, certainly not everyone's experience, though. Mm. Yeah. I know it's not everyone's yeah. experience. I know not everybody. Yeah. Not I certainly know now that not everybody's cut out to join military. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking with me today. All right. Yeah. No, <laughs> no problem. problem. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for listening um, to another uh, great minds don't think alike discussion um, with Christian Cal and Cameron. Enjoy the rest of this episode, and uh, we'll see you very soon. I'm sure.
that's all we have time for the show today. You're with Cal. And me, Christian, here, here to close it out for you. So we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Um, we'll be releasing uh, another episode, uh, next episode in two weeks, I believe. Um, fortnightly, as usual, um, at the Easter break just kind of things up because we need a holiday like everybody else needs a holiday. Uh, <laughs> Remember to like us on Facebook. We have uh, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook, and uh, we have a WordPress. Indeed. Be sure, to, be sure um, to like all those things. And we also have an email address for um, any and all suggestions, or expressions of interest in getting involved. Um, if you want to be in one of these episodes, you can just send, um, just drop us an email at uh, gmdta.media at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening.